Welcome to the Stone Pillar Podcast. I am your host, Dane Sampson, and this is a conversation that revolves around the teaching ministry of South Paris Baptist Church. And I'm Brian Wilbur, and uh, we're actually introducing segment two uh, to to the, the conversation about the Ten Commandments and God's law and God's grace and the life, uh, you know, the, the Christian life. Uh, so, uh, so we just... Like just a few minutes ago, we got done recording a 72-minute conversation about those things, and uh, I really, I really don't want to give you a 72-minute uh, podcast episode. So the plan, you know, so so what we did was we we divided it up into two episodes. So right now we're introducing episode five, and we just want you to know that episode five is a direct continuation of episode four because episode four and episode five actually form one conversation. And so let's return to the conversation we were having. Why don't we, why don't we get into the, to the, the, third, the third question? Um, and it's possible, it's possible that this is the beginning of, of segment uh, two. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but... Uh, this goes back to Mary's uh, uh, initial letter to us, and I want to set the stage by reading from Deuteronomy six. But she was, you know, she was making the point uh, with respect to, you know, you don't you don't see the Ten Commandments, you, you hardly see them posted anywhere, um, in, in, including perhaps in churches. And so, let me let me read Deuteronomy six four to nine, and then I'm going to ask Dane. I'm going to ask you. Um, in light of this instruction and, and with Mary's question in mind about the, the possible uh, uh, neglect of churches posting the Ten Commandments, if, if in fact that's something that, that should be done or, or, or is wise to be done, um, you can kind of reflect on how should we go about making God's word, including his law, including his commands, prominent in our lives, because that, that's really what this is about. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So, Dane, in light of this text, how, how should we go about making God's words prominent in our lives? Um, well, I love that he starts with impress them upon your children and, and you impress them upon your children, uh, 
you could spiritualize that and be like, well, let's impress them upon children in the faith. You could say that. Um, but I love that this is like you're impressing them upon your children when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Like you are living this. This is, this is there's a Hebrew word. <clears throat> it is la'asok. And it can be translated as engross yourselves. Engro- and to be engrossed in the living out of his word. Um, and it can be, you know, obviously the, the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, is an excellent framework of a moral law to be expressed and to share and to, and to use that as bullet points, like not like the Ten Commandments by themselves, but use those as, as bullet points to leap out into instruction um, and leap out into theology with your children. Um, and to start there, this is what, like the first five, this is your moral responsibility to your creator. And the second five, this is your moral civil responsibility to the people around you. Um, and then branching out from that into like, in the in the book of the covenant, Exodus twenty through twenty three, there's all sorts of examples of how the law can be applied in life. So this is a very practical, living, useful way, and it, we are given these examples, illustrations, and applications um, for us to uh, to feast on and to to dwell upon and to apply. This isn't just a, a theological headspace thing. This is life. This is living. And getting into the New Testament and into the law of Christ, the law of Christ is, is a manner of living out your life. It's, it should be permeating, permeating down into your very soul. And I think that that's what we get when we, when we love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, and all our soul, and like you just sum that up into loving God with all of your resources. Whatever you can bring to bear, you bring to bear for him, and you love him with those things. And, uh, and teaching, our, teaching our kids to do that is like step number one, uh, responsibility of fathers number one, uh, f- first to communicate that to our children. But in the context of the congregation, we also want to be communicating that to younger believers, uh, spiritual children, as they are growing up in the faith. And it's not just the articulation of these things, but the demonstration of these things. Because it's like, it is as you sit, as you walk, as you lie down, as you rise up. Well, as I rise up, I like to make coffee because I'm pretty groggy. But even in the morning hours when I am, when I am uh, not firing on all, all cylinders, even then I should be expressing God's law to my children or in the context like we were discussing in the last podcast, discipleship and mentorship and training people up in the way they should go. This is not just an articulation of truth, but a demonstration and an expression of truth in how we live our lives. So that's, that's where my mind would go with it. Um, I think that having them posted in like just literally having either Deuteronomy chapter 5 or Exodus 20 and having the Decalogue posted is an excellent way of keeping it in the forefront of our minds and continuously meditating on his commands, continuously dwelling on what he has instructed us 
to do and how he's instructed us to be as members of his family. So I think that, is, uh, that would be an excellent thing to do is to, to have the law posted. And I mean, in, in our house, we have the law posted on the wall because I don't want to forget it. <laughs> and I want my kids to understand that this is part of our culture. This is part of how we live. It is not an external element. It's, it is something that is just deep inside of us and exudes through every fiber of our being. And we don't have, we don't have purpose in life without this inside of us. Like this gives the actions of our life meaning and purpose that, that nothing else in this world really does. Like this, this is, this is life. And, and you know, thinking about this passage in Deuteronomy, it, it, it really conveys the idea that, that God's words are to fill our life uh, all throughout the day. They're, they're, they're to fill our life. They're to fill our home. They're to fill our conversation. Um, they're to, you know, the, 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 God's word has to be, uh, to be represented and discussed verbally, right? Uh, teach them, teach them diligently to your children. So there's, there's, there, there, there's teaching and there's speaking about them and there's meditating upon them. Uh, and, and you can't, you can't reduce that down to, uh, Sunday, a five. Well, you can't reduce it on a Sunday. That's true, but you also can't reduce it down to, well, we did a we did a we did a five or ten or fifteen minute block of time in the morning, and and that that's that's it. No, this this is this. You know, you you just think of when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when when you rise. It, it, the idea there is just whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, from the from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, God's word should fill our heart and mind and conversation because what you talk about reflects what you value. Jesus said, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So it reflects what you value, but it reinforces what you value. I think, I think, that, I think that's a helpful way to put it in terms of the conversation that you have it reflects what you value. It also reinforces what you value. So make sure that what you're conversing about is truly valuable. Uh, God's words is, are supremely valuable. Make sure they're actually valuable. Make sure you actually value them. And then speak about them often, all throughout the day, in order to reinforce their value in your heart and mm -hmm. life. Um, and then the bit about the bit about binding them as a sign on your hand, as frontlets between your eyes, writing them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, I, I would I would encourage us to not uh, pit having God's words written on your heart and having God's words written externally, um, because both are really important. I mean, at, yes, we we need God's words written on our heart. And ultimately, ultimately, at the deepest level of our heart, that's something that, that God has to do, which he does mm -hmm. in, in regeneration and conversion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but we have to, 
but that doesn't mean we that that does not mean that we have no responsibility in terms of acting for the good of our own heart and and shaping our heart because it it says here these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Now, doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it make sense that in terms of the context, that when the Lord tells them, after telling them that these words should be on their heart, and he tells them to talk about it all throughout the day in different settings, and, 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 and then like post them in various places, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be true that that is a... That is a that is a practical strategy to pursue in order to have them on your heart, right? Because at a very practical level, like when I when I was when I was growing up as a as a child, I was a I was a serious uh, Los Angeles Lakers basketball fan. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, like, like, like 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 it was it was a it was a serious value of my heart, and that that value was reflected in things like. Big Magic Johnson poster. <laughs> okay, got a Magic Johnson jersey. Got, you know, a, an L.A. Lakers banner, an L.A. Lakers uh, drinking glass, you know. I mean, uh, and, and, and I think other things too. But the, but the point is, those external things r- reflected what I valued. But they also reinforced what I valued. Right. Now, honestly, I don't, I don't want such things uh, filling my house now. Because that's not what I want to be focused on. That's what, I don't want to be meditating on uh, a favorite sports team. Uh, that's not what I want to, to, to fill the, the conversation of our home. That's not what I want to define the culture of our home. But, the, but just thinking about this, how God wants his words to be represented visually and tangibly. So don't I, 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 the way I would encourage us to think about this is not... not not the narrow question of, well, should I, should I, you know, should I bind them as a sign of my hand, as frontlets between your eyes? Should I put them on the doorposts, on the gates? Like, you, 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 could, you could approach that very narrowly, like, okay, check, box, check the box, check the box, check the box. Phylacteries. Right. And, and I would say, while, while this could be included, I would say the bigger question is, am I, am I, am I tangibly representing the word of God visually in, in, in various places, like, like, is is God's word well represented on my bookshelf? Is God's word well represented in uh, a collection of films or DVDs or documentaries that we watch? Is 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 God's word? Uh, this isn't quite visual, but is God's word well represented in the music that we listen to? Because that's the real that's the real issue here. The real issue is not whether you can check the box. The real issue is, are you regularly and frequently reminding yourself and every member of your family that our life is framed by the word of God. Yeah. Amen. It is. Our life is the, the, the framework for our entire life is the grace of God, the, the redeeming grace of God and his revealed will that, that, that frames our life, it boundaries our life, it directs our life. And that needs to be, that cannot be, a something that we affirm on a piece of paper and say, oh yeah, yeah, I, I believe in that. It's like, no. If if, if you truly believe that, demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. Demonstrate it in conversation all throughout the day. Demonstrate it by posting it in various ways 
in your household, um, in the church building, but make it clear, make it clear to everyone that, that our life and our life together is framed by the word of God. Yeah, that's excellent. I think it's a great idea. Um, it is important to have it posted, like speaking personally, I think it's important to have it posted because even though I, I won't necessarily meditate on it when it's posted, um, in the sense that like I, if I sit and I meditate on his word and I'm trying to like really study and digest and masticate upon what he has said, when it's posted, it, it becomes a decor. But you do subliminally, every time you pass by something that's posted, it is your eyes are picking up that information yes. and it is becoming internalized yes. as you walk by it, as you interact with the decor. Um, and something as important as the, the Decalogue, as important as the Ten Commandments, as important as you know, impressing them upon our children, these things can't be forgotten, especially as fathers, but in the congregation, even if like we we have spiritual brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers in the congregation, uh, this is this is essential. It, it is absolutely essential that this is pressed and 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 with indelible ink, or you know, if I had a heart of stone, have it be etched into my heart of stone, and then it would never be washed away, um, because f from this flows life from from his words flow life and i just want to jump in here because i, I something just came to mind that i actually think is really important and, and this 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 is when you get into the, the 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 cultural uh kind of the cultural context and then how that applies to our own context but uh now i'm no i'm no expert on on uh you know it, the israelite cultural experience at this particular uh moment in time when these words were given in Deuteronomy. But I, I suspect that uh, Israelites were not running around with uh, complete copies of the Torah in their hand. Right. Okay. Most likely not. Okay. So, 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 so I, and I think, and I think that's important because, okay, it's not as if they had the Bible to, 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 to go and read. And mm -hmm. so, and so, okay, take bits and pieces of the of the Torah that they had learned from uh, from from Moses or from the elders um, or from other leaders within the community and 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 get snapshot snapshots of the Torah um, you know uh, post it so you should get reminders but I just want you to think about the tremendous privilege that you have in that you have, access to the entire Bible. Oh yeah. And, and and so I think I think at least indirectly, at least indirectly by way of application, um, this is a call to get 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 God's words in front of you all the time. And uh, y y we have the tremendous privilege of having access to the whole Bible. Make sure that in your own life and in your family's life that there is an open Bible uh, often, that the Bible is opened, that the Bible is read, that the Bible is discussed. Get your kids to open their Bible and read, read the Bible. And in, and in, in church, 
I mean, whether you have a physical Bible or the Bible's on your on your you know on your smartphone or something, uh, you want to be in a you want to be in a church where there is where the Word of God is opened, where the Word of God is prominent, where the Word of God is faithfully taught. Um, and I just think that by way of application, that that's that's a significant thing to point out because we have access to something that they didn't, and so shame on us if we if we treat the privilege of having the whole Bible, if we treat it lightly, mm. and if the Bible just stays on our shelf. Yeah. Yes. No, we want it in our hearts. Yeah. yeah we want it deep in our hearts. And that you brought up, that's a work of the Spirit, obviously. Um, you know, he, he is the Holy Spirit. You could say the Holy Spirit is the embodiment of his own law, and he is dwelling inside of us. And... He is tilling a garden in our hearts, and he's planting these things in our hearts, and that doesn't happen overnight. Um, but we get to participate in that process of planting and, and watering our own hearts, and we get to work alongside the Holy Spirit in our own lives and our own hearts. And these things, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but these things grow. Like it grows out from, you know, first you have the ten words of the ten commandments, and it grows out from that into the book of the covenant. And it grows out from that into Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And it grows out to that from that into, you know, the words of the prophets and then ultimately culminating in the life of his son and ultimately culminating in the, in the fulfillment of Jeremiah 31, 31, where now his word, his law is in our hearts. And this, this, the, the, the ten words of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, using multiple phrases to say the same thing, they are like ten bullet points that blossom out into multiple different avenues. And by having these ten things in our hearts, we have now uh, like compartments where other elements can be now plugged in. So these, these ten things allow other theological things, other truths, other life-giving words from his scriptures to be planted in that garden. It's like making a new plot in the garden. Um, like we were talking about taking his name, not taking his name in vain, being part of the family, being an image bearer. Well, by having don't take his name in vain, having that's a plot, that's a garden plot in my heart that in that plot in that garden plot the holy spirit has planted the, his name mm -hmm. his family yeah. his, his image yeah. these principles are now planted in that context and it creates a compartmentalization in my own mind that other things now can fit into and it can it keeps them it keeps them in the forefront of my mind and it gives me practical application for his word in daily life so it's like as I rise, as I sit, as I walk, as I lay down, all these things in the like normal working everyday process of life, I can now go to these compartments and draw out fruits that the Holy Spirit has planted and then apply them to these different contexts as I encounter them through life. And, you know, we have the case law in Deuteronomy or in, in Exodus, we have all this case law in the Book of the Covenant. But then we got the perfect expression demonstrated by the son in his life, illustrating this for us. So we are really without excuse. Like 
there is so much that we have to draw on now that the original readers of this didn't have that we can draw on now for our living application. Um, we're incredibly blessed by these things. So to have his law and to have these words and to have his standards communicated so that we, we know objectively without any fuzziness or ambiguity, we know what God's, what his holiness is and what it looks like and how distant that, distant that is from us and how much we need repentance. So really the law helps us, helps me and us, helps understand the potency of grace, the, the efficacious nature of grace, but it also directs my sinful heart into a path of repentance and gives me specific things that I can, I need to repent for that objectively. I know this objectively violates God's law. I know I need to keep a short account with God and I have violated his law. Now I can confess and repent something specific and not an arbitrary thing. So we have sins of omission and sins of commission. There's things I commit sins, we all do, that we don't understand our sins. Well, we can't repent for things that we don't understand. It's, we could say, like, I repent for the things that I do that violate your law without me knowing it. We could say something like that. But how much more uh, liberating is it to say, I repent for, I don't know, a covetous nature. Mm -hmm. I repent for coveting or desiring that which you have not blessed me with. Mm -hmm. and, and just naming it and being like concrete about exactly mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. I did wrong. Mm -hmm. And then he comes in, boom, and forgiveness at the cross. Mm -hmm. And here we can go back down mm -hmm. the path of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And we, the sin that created separation between me and God now is no longer there. That separation is no longer there because now I can bring that to him at the foot of the cross and find repentance and redemption through that repentance and find fellowship with him once again. And, and without the law, that whole process is just kind of, I'm going to say clunky. Like it's, it's fuzzy, it's clunky, it's generic, just generic. It's like kind of wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. It's so much more liberating to say, I have sinned in this way and God has forgiven me of this sin. And now I can walk in, a, in, a, in the direction that he has communicated to me to walk in. And I don't see how repentance, I, I think that without the law, we hamstring the importance of repentance. And by hamstringing repentance, we are, we're cutting out the Achilles tendon of the gospel. Well, because the re re repentance is that, is that, that turning around, that, that turning away from objective sin and turning toward the Lord and toward his objective uh, instruction and in the path of righteousness. So re re repentance is that, that turning mm. so that we would actually uh, follow the Lord on the path of righteousness. I was thinking in uh, Colossians, um, where in Colossians 3 verse 16 it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And you just, you just, you know, because what we're talking about here, of course, applies, we need to apply it in our households, but then it applies to the congregation as a whole, where, where 
if the word of Christ is dwelling richly within our hearts, then that will be reflected in teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom. It will be reflected in singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that teaching and admonishing and singing will then reinforce the, the beauty and value and worth of the word of Christ. And that, and that will continue to, to build us up and strengthen us together as we, as we uh, walk with him. So, uh, Dane, I think, uh, you know, every, every, now again, you might, you might be getting this in two segments, but we recorded this as one segment and every conversation gets a little bit longer and we're going to have to, Dane and I are going to have to have to put, we're, we're going to need some boundaries, well, yeah. uh, lest, lest we lose, uh, lest we lose some of our listeners. But, um, uh, as we close off here, I just want to mention, um, of course, we, we, we encourage you first and foremost to pay diligent attention to, to the words of God, meditate upon them, put them into practice. Um, I do want to let you know that I have, I have uh, three particular books in my, in my personal library that you might want to read. I think they're, they're, they're intended for uh, the general uh, thoughtful Christian believer, and I just want to mention them briefly. Uh, I have Keeping the Ten Commandments by J.I. Packer. I have, uh, and then this, this book by Kevin DeYoung is called The Ten Commandments, What They Mean, Why They Matter, and Why We Should Obey Them. Um, and then finally, a book by Albert Moeller called Words from the Fire, Hearing the Voice of God in the Ten Commandments. Um, I, I would be very willing for you to, to borrow any one of those books. I think Al Moeller, Kevin DeYoung, and J.I. Packer are, are faithful teachers. And their reflections on the Ten Commandments uh, could be really helpful to you as you think through them, um, are built up in them, and then, and then put them into practice in and through your family and with your congregation. So um, uh, as we, as we uh, conclude today, I just want to, um, first of all, let me, let me pray before we, before we do kind of do the standard outro stuff. So. Father, uh, I pray that you would incline our hearts to your testimonies, not to selfish gain. I pray that you would give us life in your ways. I pray that you would lead, up, lead us along the path of your commandments. I pray that you would inspire and strengthen obedience, Holy Spirit-empowered obedience, joyful obedience, fruitful obedience in our lives, our families, our congregations. Um, I pray that, that uh, your name would be honored, that your kingdom would come, and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, I pray that you would do these things increasingly in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, finally, I just want to, uh, again, uh, uh, thank, thank you, the listener, uh, thank Mary for, for sending in her, her question and encourage you. You have, you have a question related to a sermon, related to a midweek thought, or frankly, related to anything related to the Bible or a theological question or a cultural issue. Uh, please feel free to send in your question. Uh, you can email me at pastorbrian at southparisbaptist.org. Uh, thank you for, again, for Aaron Darrell and the use of his music at the introduction to the podcast and also to Caleb Lynch for his engineering work.
Thank you. Yes. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for this another podcast, and we pray that the Father just may His face shine upon you as you walk in His grace and peace. In Jesus' name, amen.